know first list the situations that are more challenging for you. So if it's after making a mistake, if it's before a game, after a game that you play it bad, what is the situation? Now, after you do that, what are the evidences that makes you to think in that way with a bad approach? What are the evidences that you have for having a better approach for them, a more positive and more rational approach to it? Analyze these two things, reach a conclusion. Okay, this is the better approach based on the evidences that I have to think positively and the evidences to think negatively. And he's here. He is here. Cristiano has entered the building. Welcome, wherever you are, to the Old Trafford Theatre. Yes, guys, welcome back to today's episode of the Sculpted Podcast. Today, we have Gabriel here. Gabriel is also known as Athlete Mentality on Instagram, where I'd say most people who are familiar with his work would know him from. Uh, a bit of a funny story with myself and Gabriel. I have, when I was first starting off uh, in my career of football, as I told him uh, briefly before we started recording, I was um one of his... Uh, I don't know, maybe I think when he first released his ebook, I was um the winner to his competition. So it's it's quite cool for me to, you know, a few years later talk with him again and talk about, you know, the mental side of the game for our listeners today. So it's gonna be a great episode and we're gonna be talking about uh setbacks and the perception of setbacks basically, because as Val loves to talk about falling forwards, it's a really important thing for uh, anyone in life to actually kind of flip the switch on framing setbacks to something where you can use it as an opportunity to fall forwards, like uh, Val said there, and how we'll talk about today. Uh, but that being said, we will go uh, on to Gabe and get a bit of a background on him, and then we'll get into the episode. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. It's a very, as I told you, a small role. What a coincidence to a few years later be here recording a podcast. It's a pleasure. Thank you for having me. And just a small introduction. I'm not going to take much time to do that. But I work with athletes, working, helping them to work on their mental side, to improve confidence, motivation, focus. I was an athlete myself before. That's what made me to get started in this field. I started to study those things for myself to help me perform better. You work it. I was so passionate about it that I decided to work more on it. When, when my career was not going the way I wanted, I was not enjoying that as much. I was getting a lot of injuries. So I decided to start working on these. Fast forward a couple of years. That's what I'm doing today, helping athletes to overcome the things that I struggled when I was an athlete. And my goal today is to help you with that as well, to help you understand how you can build more resilience, to fail in a good way that you can learn and grow from it. Hopefully, we'll be able to take some good ideas and some tools from here today. Yeah, excellent. So, uh, guys, as Gabe just said there, with even his career as a player, I remember, um, so... Just so our listeners know, you you you've been living in Brazil, correct? And you you obviously Brazil is football fanatics, and it's a, it's a lifestyle there. So uh, you know, it's a great perspective for us to even just hear about someone who's living on you know, I wouldn't say um, the other side of the world because that's kind of my end of the 
the world in Australia, but in another part of the world where um I'd say a lot of people don't necessarily know well, obviously they know about, but they don't necessarily hear too many perspectives of because obviously the language barrier, but Gabe's got pretty good English, so it's it's even great to just hear his perspective on things and talking about personal anecdotes because there are many, many top footballers from that part of the world, but we don't really get an insight to them like we do with the English-speaking players and especially, for instance, with basketballers, I think you get much more of an insight to their lives than you do for footballers because of sometimes in America, it's a more media-driven society uh, compared to football and the professionalism aspect, but just hearing uh, from a different person, different part of the world, will be a great insight uh, for all of our listeners. Uh, that being said, uh, I think if we start up the first kind of topic and talking about setbacks in life, setbacks in football, we have obviously personal anecdotes as athletes ourselves. Um, I think that where we kind of want to take this today is talking about, I guess, if I think maybe even if we just go off personal anecdotes first, just to get the topic started. So, uh, I guess I can talk about for myself uh, a setback. Typically, we would say for footballers, the, the major setbacks for our career is in injuries uh, or getting released by a club. Uh, something that I have more experience in is the second option, unfortunately. Maybe actually that's better because injuries are more career ending. But uh, I've had, I've been released by more clubs than I've had injuries, I'd say. But for me, uh, I think that getting released by a club for a lot of people, they might see this as a setback and they might take this completely personally. They might uh, take it as a full stop to their career, to their ambition, to their goals, things like this. But what we kind of want to talk about in this episode is making this as it could be a time to reset. It could be a time to uh reflect to plan to uh, create a path where you're going to take steps to uh, a future endeavor whether it's in the field of football ex you know other other places but um if we can talk about let's say for players who are dealing with a setback of let's say feedback let's not even say players actually let's just say people in general who are dealing with a perceived setback of feedback and something that is a direct criticism of their craft how would someone deal with this and how would someone build the the grit and determination to you know move on and take the steps forwards in their life okay um I think before moving into the practical side and more application side, there's one research that I, I love it. And it fits exactly into what we're talking about. In 2008, there was one research that a psychologist did with Olympic swimmers. Actually, they were trying to qualify for the Olympic Games. And the ones that didn't qualify, they got this group of swimmers, took them to a room and show them their bad performances that eventually was was the reason why they didn't qualify for the Olympic Games. So they were watching these performances that they felt and they were recording their brain activities while watching that. And the, the, the conclusion, the, the result of that was 
those athletes, those swimmers were looking at their failures and the part of their brain responsible for detecting threats, which is the amygdala, became more active. With that, we're less able to perceive or to make conclusions out of what's happening or more rational conclusions of what's happening. So for any athlete that or person, when you are facing a setback and you are seeing that as a threat, biologically, when your brain activates this part that is responsible for detecting threats, you are going to feel bad, you're going to have negative emotions, you're going to feel anger, frustration, anxiety, all of that will come because that's your brain at work. That's what's happening. That's the perception you have about that situation. So they took all of these athletes, took them to a mental training program, to a, they call in the research, a cognitive intervention, and then went back to the same room, watched the same performance, and recording their brain activity again. In the second attempt, their brain activity was completely different. The amygdala, as I was saying, the part of the brain responsible for detecting threats, was less active. And the prefrontal cortex, which is this part of the brain that is responsible for making more rational analysis, more rational decisions, became more active. So to put that in a more simple way, for any person that you want to overcome setbacks in a way that you can learn and grow from them, you have to be more rational by activating more the prefrontal cortex than the amygdala. So how do we do that? And now we move on to the more practical part of that. How can we make more sense of those situations of understanding things in a way that we can actually grow from the mistakes and failures that we have? So the best way to do that is by preparing before it happens. So for example, myself as an athlete, the personal experiences that I had when I was 15, 16 years old, I was so afraid to fail, was so afraid to make mistakes in a game that whenever that happened, it was just impossible for me to make sense of that and be calm at that point because my perception, the conclusion that I had about that situation was this is very bad. This is an awful thing that happened to me and now Others will think that I'm not good enough. I think that I'm not good enough. Now I'm not able to perform because I just made an awful thing. Instead of just approaching the game and trying to, for example, use some sort of self-affirmation at that time, mistakes are fine. They're part of the process. At that time, it's not going to work because imagine that I have been practicing a specific reaction to that situation for hundreds of games in my career. And at that point, when that happens, my reaction to it is automatic. My emotional response is, this is awful. So instead of just leaving for that moment, it's a, a long-term process. Eventually, every day, consistently, I would have to, okay, what are mistakes? What do they mean? How can I approach them in a way that it can grow? What is the perception or what is the conclusion of all mistakes that is more aligned with my goals? Which is the, the approach that is going to give me more chances of achieving my goals and trying to make sense of that? When I'm under pressure in a moment of crisis, we panic. It's impossible to make conclusions at that point. So we have to prepare for it. And these daily analysis with a daily mental preparation that could include several drills, visualization, mindfulness, um, self-talk, journaling, all of that would help tremendously to start shaping this new perception and approach 
about mistakes, about failures, or any situation that triggers negative emotions, it would be a very similar process of trying to understand it. What is my current approach, my current beliefs about that situation? Practicing daily a new approach until the point that it becomes easier. When I face that situation, I'm able to recall all of that training that I was doing. Okay, at this point, the best approach to it is it's fine, mistakes are part of the process, but I reinforce that so much without able to do it. It's just like the physical training. If I have been practicing long balls for the past two, three months, whenever I get to the game and I have to take that action, it's going to flow more naturally. I'm, I will be able to do it. But if I'm not practicing that and when a situation comes, I'm not ready for it, I'll have those skills, the chances of making a mistake for not being able to perform the way I wanted to perform are much higher. Yeah, I really like the the first example that you gave. That really proves the point that the perception of the, let's say, setback is actually a massive determinant of the end result, I guess. Because let's say uh, what we've previously spoken about with a few other guests has been this voice that you naturally have as a human being uh, that keeps you safe, right? It's a, it's a survival mechanism that we all have. And this voice is not necessarily relevant in today's society as we don't necessarily have those threats that are life-ending as they used to in the past. But these, these survival instincts, they still kick in today. And we aren't necessarily wired for performance or uh, these modern you know, phenomenons of playing in front of thousands of people. I mean, this is completely unheard of for people thousands of years ago but today this is what our reality is and these survival instincts aren't necessarily uh yes they're here to serve us because they're keeping us safe but they also hinder us in other ways for performance for example so we really do have to rewire these survival mechanisms to thrive in today's society in let's say sports business in in all the areas where you want to become the best you really do have to rewire your brain. And I think that it, it's definitely not an easy thing for people to understand and to necessarily do. But you mentioned a lot about the uh, prefrontal cortex and uh, the, I can't even pronounce the other word, uh, but a nigga, that's the one. Um, but these are things that people actually need to take time to, I'd say research, because there's a lot of... Uh, power and knowing just what you're capable as a human being realizing that a lot of the thoughts that you have aren't there to serve you in the way that you might think if that makes sense so if i'm thinking for, for an example for me if i'm thinking okay i'm um i'm taking a goal kick and in the back of my head i'm hearing oh you know play at your foot here because if you don't you're gonna scuff it okay that that thought if I'm thinking about it, it's there to keep me safe because I don't want to scuff it. So I'm going to plant my foot here. But the more I think about planting my foot here and scuffing the ball, the more likely it's going to happen. And that can be very, very transmissible to the setback thing. So if I'm thinking, okay, this setback is going to ruin my career, let's say. Uh, and all I'm focusing on is this setback is against me. Everything is against me. 
It's almost the victim mentality that this is not serving me. It's only going to hinder me. This is something that doesn't serve you as an individual, but taking the necessary steps to reprogram your brain, to reframe this setback as something where you can reset, you can move forwards from it. It may be one, with, uh, maybe one door closing, but another door opening. There are, there are many different ways to, uh, I guess, analyze the perceived setback to use it as something where you can actually fall forwards. And that being said, I just want to quickly uh, go into Val and see if he's got any specific anecdotes that he can give to the topic about falling forwards rather than perceiving the setback as a negative. Yes, um, so basically I had a lot of setbacks in my career already. I think if I give you a small brief or history, in the last three years, um, I've, I could only play roughly 10 games plus or minus because of injuries. So I'm on the other, other spectrum area, like Nick. Um, Nick has moved a lot of times, had had multiple clubs. I've been loyal to one club only until me signing my first professional contract in Greece. But um, in the last three years, I, I've honestly could only make roughly 10 games because in my under 17 year, I've had an injury over the whole season. Throughout, I had multiple injuries, different surgeries whatsoever. But I think those times, those injuries um, set me forward. They, they fell forward for myself. It determined who I am today. And I'm really happy that I went through these moments because those shaped my character and who I am today. And going back to what Gabriel said at the beginning, and uh, looking the fear of or your setbacks in, into the eyes directly. For example, acknowledging um, what can happen in the game, realizing that we will make mistakes, um, realizing that mistakes would happen. And for example, going back to the analogy of falling forward, if we are already on the ground, we can't fall much further down than the ground because we are already at the lo lowest level. In that terms, lower the bar for yourself. Don't expect the highest uh, output every single day. Start off building your momentum up again, lowering the bar for yourself. In a practical example, in a game, you had five, 10 minutes which, which went bad for you in the, fir uh, in the first couple of minutes of the game. Lower the bar, Take uh, talk to yourself. For the next five passes, play it simple. Get your confidence back. That's my point of view on it, trying to get back uh, onto the setbacks, trying to uh, change the mindset. Because once you start thinking about um, the setbacks impact uh, setbacks too much, then impacting you because each human or all of us roughly thinks uh, 60,000 th uh, thoughts a day. You know, 95% of those thoughts are reoccurring. We have those throughout the, the days uh, prior. But 5% are new. 5% could be positive or negatively, but it, 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 uh, you have to determine how you react with them and what you do with them. If you only go on about all those negatives, negative passes I did um, will impact my whole game, or you shift your mindset and try to reach or go back to your match script. And we talked about it a couple of episodes ago. What is your focus? What are the controllables you can control? Or what are the things you can control in that very moment in order to get yourself back into the game or the mindset? I think you can take that both on field and off, off the field. Yeah, I, I really liked um, the, the point where you said lowering the expectation. Now, I wouldn't necessarily recommend that uh, as a, as a rule of thumb for people in general, just saying, okay, lower your expectations for yourself and life. But when we're talking about 
a, a setback, I think that's actually a really good point that uh, I know Tim Grover talks about where for people, you know, let's say you fall on the ground and people get up immediately to get back into it, you know, because it's seen as that's what you're meant to do. You're meant to get up right away, get back into it. But what a, a good thing is, is actually to get that momentum back, you know, you can take a second, make sure that you're coming back up stronger. And I, I kind of see that tied in, obviously getting knocked down in the game is not as much of a setback as getting knocked out for a whole season, but taking that time to ease your way back into, uh, the, to the game, to the event that you're pursuing, I think is actually a very, very good applicable technique for anyone. I know that for a lot of, uh, Premier League clubs, I've actually heard, um, just they advise their players to after making a mistake it's just literally get on the ball as soon as possible after you make that mistake and just make one easy pass just make one easy pass right because then you're building that momentum to step forward and to fall forward even though you've had this perceived setback the most important thing is to keep doing what you were doing and i think that uh what we can even talk about with gabriel's uh expertise is this is actually a psychological thing where, you know, pattern and things like this, going and changing it all of a sudden isn't as beneficial as actually doing the same thing as you should be doing the whole time. I think when we can see people really fall from a setback, even let's say further to the ground, it's when they start changing it up and start doing and start reverting to things that aren't necessarily the original plan. And um, I think that, yeah, Gabe, if you've got any kind of knowledge on that kind of topic of, let's say, for people who have made that initial, uh, you know, contact for the setback, let's say, and they're, they're trying not to get any deeper, how do we... Let's say, for example, okay, an athlete's just made a mistake in the game. What's a way that, obviously, other than the discussed one where getting on the ball, making that one simple pass, what's something that we can do to mentally reset, maybe breathing, visualizing, things like this? What's, what's a very applicable way that someone could take action? <laughs> Brilliant. I just wanted to kick quickly go to the last topic that we were discussing about the bar and uh, raising or lowering how to approach that. And one very good way of trying to deal with these expectations and managing the thing you're expecting yourself to accomplish is instead of hiring the bar all the time to train to accomplish higher and higher things, raising the floor, like instead of going for a 10 every game, Set the minimum. I want a seven at eight, eight every game. Eventually, a nine, a ten will come because you're playing. Eventually, you are going to have a better game. Eventually, you are going to have a higher performance because of the team, because of that they were better, or because you made a, a good pass, a good dribble at the beginning, and that set the tone for you. And that will happen. But if you seek out for that all the time, it is impossible. No player has had an average performance of nine throughout their entire career. That's never going to help them. Even Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, Christina Ronaldo, Messi, all of those guys have made simple mistakes like 
missing a penalty at a crucial moment. We have Cristiano missing at a UCL final. We have Messi losing uh, of America. We have a lot of those guys missing important things. It will happen to you. As an athlete, it will happen. So instead of seeking for that all the time, these high ending, these high performing results, this perfect outcome every game, this will set up you for frustration because it will happen. Have raised the floor. I want you to have consistent seven performance, eight performances. And as I said, eventually it will come a higher performance, but it's not sustainable to seek out for that all the time. And for most athletes, it will just make them frustrated. I'm not achieving the goals. I'm not scoring as many goals as I wanted. I'm not starting as many games as I wanted. And this starts creating more and more a negative perception. So we're talking about dealing with setbacks. If you have these high expectations and then never become into reality, you are essentially setting up yourself for frustration. You set up something great that you want to have, that you want to happen, but then never comes. And you are frustrating yourself all the time. Instead of you raise your expectations a little bit, or not in terms of, I don't want good things to happen but I'm more realistic with it and just keep that approach. Good performances would happen. Your perception, your emotional approach to it will be more positive. And in the long term, we're going to have much more good performances and much less bad performances because of this approach. And the other topic about how to reset when a setback comes for if you made a mistake, just having simple passes or how to apply that to other areas of setbacks and mistakes, breathing is a good way to restander, to like bring back your rationality. Mindfulness is a great way to activate the prefrontal cortex. So whenever something happens, you do that, it's as if you are decreasing the activation of the amygdala and that, that's not something instantaneous, but it is a good way to help with decreasing the stress, to increase the ability to make sense of the situation. So that's a great thing. Having some sort of preparing for it when it comes. So when you have a strategy before the moment of crisis, we more likely you are to be more prepared at that point. So whenever this thing happens, whenever a great example for that, which is not exactly emotional, it's more um, technical, but it's a great example to all of trainees. Michael Phelps, when he was, I think, in the 2000 and Olympic Games, when he swung into the pole, his bubble started leaking water. And for most words, that would be a moment of panic. I cannot see clearly anymore. Now I'm in trouble. So for Michael, he was prepared for that because he was used to square in the dark and he started to count his. Uh, how many times he had to like how was the distance between the beginning and the end of the pool so he could turn and swim back so he had that strategy set up so whenever a situation like that comes he has a solution for that and of course you cannot prepare for every single thing that will happen you cannot prepare for every single setback that you're going to have in your career because you cannot predict what's going to happen but you can prepare for the most likely to happen so as a defender, whenever you make, whenever you miss a pass or whenever the attacker dribbles you, 
What is a strategy that I can have a place to deal with that? What's something that I could remind myself of to keep myself centered? How can I practice these response daily? So when the game time comes, I have reinforced these several times that I can just use it for every single position, sports, or even personal life. There are things that you are more used to face things that trigger more negative thoughts and negative emotions on you more easily. So how can you prepare for that? What's a strategy that you can have in place for dealing with those things whenever they come? I, I really like your example of the Michael Phelps story. I think it's inspiring. And going back to the, the topic of being prepared, Michael was prepared in that moment. You never know, you're the uncontrollables. This instant happened for him. I want to give you a small example of myself. Um, talking about the topic of being in training, in action, what goes through a player's mind or athlete. I often, um, in my own training sessions currently, because I'm adopting to a higher level, it's my first professional year. Uh, I don't, I'm one of the youngest players on my team. I'm sometimes struggling to be in my own head game or um, because there, there's my coach who's screaming, there are high expectations. I don't want to fall behind. And sometimes if I do have a setback or for instance, a, a, a negative action on the field, I start thinking in my own head and I think Many athletes or especially younger athletes can relate to this topic of, oh, um, they're, they're starting to think too much. They're going to, they, they put on their own shackles. They, they get um, more and more into their own head. Maybe do you have any practical uh, advice for them? Uh, like you mentioned before, visualization or uh, picturing. In that moment, for example, you are on the field. You are overwhelmed with what's going on. You can't concentrate because you're in your own head. Uh, maybe a breathing exercise or uh, visualizing the next good positive action you can take. Maybe have a uh, take on that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There are many effective on-time tools to use. So whenever you're going through that, there are tools that you can use. But the most important bar is before. Like, for example, for you to take a penalty, there are many things that you can do at that time, that will help you to take a better penalty. But the most important thing is how many times have you practiced that decision-making in a penalty? That is the biggest part of how likely you are to score. If you have practiced in that consistently, you're good at it, and then you apply one or two tools to help you at that specific moment, great. The chances of you scoring that are much higher. But if you have not practiced, and you are expecting just to use one thing, I'm going to visualize myself taking that penalty just the moment before and expect myself to do it perfectly, it is not going to happen. There is no magic tool. There is no hack for that. There's practice. Then there are tools to help us to set up the, a better emotional state. So if I'm too anxious, there's something I can use to reduce that. If I'm lacking confidence, there's something that I can use to improve that. If I'm lacking focus, there's something that you need to help with that. With the example that you mentioned about players that are overthinking, players that are in their head most of the time, the majority of the cases, this happens because of the perception they are having about that. So we are having a lot of thoughts all the time. The ones that come up to our conscious level are the ones that are more important at that moment the thoughts that are they would practice more times or they would interpret to be more rewarding. So there are three key the three key principles how 
the community, so how urgent they are, how rewarding they are, and how used you are to them. So for a player that is in their heads all the time in games or practice, that could be because they are practicing that for a very long time. Whenever they are in that situation, they are used to in the past being in their minds because they are seeing that situation as a threatful environment. I cannot make mistakes here. At this place, I'm being judged. At this place, I am. Everybody's looking at me and I cannot make a mistake. Or all of these interpretations of that situation makes this athlete to have this approach. So visualization at that time can help. Mindfulness at that time can help. But none of those will solve if these athletes still have this perception of I cannot make mistakes in here or everybody's judging me at this point, or I am not good enough to be here. If this athlete has this belief about that situation, this athlete will have negative thoughts, they will keep in their heads, they will be too careful, they will try to avoid mistakes. And as I said, there's no hack at that point. You cannot just visualize yourself making a good pass and thinking about scoring your goal, that suddenly your confidence is going to change and you'll be able to enter the zone of floor. That's not going to happen because it's a very this process of reframing the way you perceive the situation to be, it's a long-term practice. It doesn't happen overnight. So let's divide these into quarters. The prior, the activity, and during the activity. So prior, the activity is the same process that I mentioned at the beginning, analyzing how my thoughts are influencing me, what's the truth about those perspectives, what are the evidences that I have to think like this, to think that I should avoid mistakes, in one of the ambulances that I should not avoid mistakes and I could just play my game. Okay, the evidence is for both of them. Which ones makes more sense to me or which ones are going to help me more to achieve the goals that I have? Okay, so then you might be able to reach a middle point. Okay, I should, I should not make a lot of mistakes, but thinking like that is not going to help. So a better approach is we're going to play to myself. Okay, so now how can I act as if I believe that? How can I act in training to this statement to this no belief? Okay, I'm gonna practice that in different scenarios. One thing to, one important thing to have in mind, never going through this process, that's the level of pressure. The more, the higher the pressure, the less likely you are to be rational. So if it's a new belief that you're not used to, start practicing that at a lower level of pressure. Start trying that out in practice. Try trying that out playing with your friends or in an individual practice with just another teammate. Then you move on to playing uh, a 5 5 in practice. Then you start playing using that in friendly games. Then you start playing a less important games. Then you start using that in important games. Then you start using that at crucial games. So you build that skill. So the higher the pressure, the less likely you are to be able to change the way you perceive the situation. What I do with my clients is we draw a letter of level one. What's the easiest way, the easiest place that I can apply this? Okay, my right wing practice. Then a level three, a practice in which I'm practicing with the starting lineup. Okay, then level five, a friendly game. Okay. Out of those, which ones do you feel comfortable to do today? Okay, maybe level three. Okay, so now that level three is fine, let's attempt to use that in level five until we make that the standard. So now, now level five is fine for me. I can just replicate an approach with this new belief 
at level five. All right. So now how can we go to level seven? How can we practice that? So that's, as I said, a long-term process in which we're trying to change the way you perceive the situation to give reinforcing more positive beliefs, which will alter the emotions that this apple has. So this apple that was and he's had the whole game, now he is not going to be like that the whole game. Because now the situation is not that I cannot make mistakes at any cost. Now this apple believes that at a 50%, before it needs to be the absolute truth. Now it's just something that has some kind of truth, but it's not the most important thing. And as we change this perception, so those beliefs change the emotions, those emotions will change the actions. And these actions will reinforce the beliefs. So as you approach with these new beliefs, you have better emotions, better performance, you have a more positive feedback, you will gonna, we're going to reinforce this new belief, and this is how this process goes, level by level. So this is the most important part of that. All right, so in a summary, for you to do right now, for you to execute this exercise, and after this podcast, you know, how to approach that, these challenges, these setbacks that you face in a more productive way that makes you learn and grow from them. The steps are, you know, first list the situations that are more challenging for you. So if it's after making a mistake, if it's before a game, after a game that you play at bat, what is the situation? Now, after you do that, what are the evidences that makes you to think in that way with a bad approach? What are the evidences that you have for having a better approach for them, a more positive and more rational approach to it? Analyze these two things, reach a conclusion. Okay, this is the better approach based on the evidences that I have to think positively and the evidences to think negatively. What is the way that is going to take you closer to your goal? So once you define that, you find a way to practice this new approach, acting as if you believe that. So if it's after making a mistake, whenever you make a mistake in practice, act as if this new belief. Whenever you make a mistake, in the game or in a trial, act as if you believe that. The more you do it in a level of stress, like always thinking to go a step higher, the more you are practicing this new approach. The more you do it, the easier it becomes to face that scenario again whenever it comes in the future. So this is about repetition. It requires effort, it requires time. The more you do it, the more likely you are to succeed in that situation again in the future. I think that's the summary of the exercise. What do you guys think about that? Do you feel like it's it's clear for everybody to understand? Yeah, I think that the the best thing that was mentioned there was I, I really liked the the repetition and uh, the reinforcement because obviously for people who want to start creating a change they want to start taking action uh the most important thing it's it's really just trying to reprogram the habit of thought and creating that self-awareness to start acting on it is very important and i know that for people who are trying to make change repetition is very important even just to start building up the momentum so uh, i think that that's a brilliant example for people to start taking action and to start building that momentum for future endeavors, future needs, things like that. I was a strong believer of momentum uh, and creating that uh, 
that that load where you can start building on it you can start making it better and better you can start refining so yeah i think um it's definitely it's it's definitely a very applicable thing for our listeners to do right now and i believe that uh anyone who is is listening to this uh, i'll also have this up on instagram in a a revision kind of sheet so that anyone can do it right now uh but yeah taking action and getting those reps in is definitely definitely a, a very important thing for anyone who's trying to uh, take action and yeah keep accountable um but with that being said Val do you have anything else you want to touch on before we uh start start with um the the final bit and then uh closing uh, one thing maybe um, we talked a lot about theory, uh, practical ways, whatsoever, but I think the crucial word here is action. We need to take action. If we want to change something, we need to take the things into our own hands. Like Gabriel said, and nothing comes of just talking from it. Or for example, we'd say uh, we need to think about it differently in, in the game or after having a setback, whatsoever. We need to rethink, rewire our brains in that situation and to prepare ourselves beforehand to be ready to execute in that situation. So I think if you want to take change, um, it's not going to be from today or tomorrow that uh, there will be huge differences in your performance or your beliefs or your thoughts. But um, I think the golden rule is that if you want to build a habit or a ritual, it takes 21 days. So being consistent with it, taking things into action and not only talking about it is the most important lesson. Yeah, yeah, I, I completely agree, and I think that it, it does tie in with um our, our our topic of making it seamless that transition from uh let's say that perceived setback and working your way back into it. I think that the habit and the repetition does make that more seamless. And, and don't get me wrong, guys, from your first setback to your next setback, that that transition period will be it will be stagnant, but Try and make it better every time, right? Use your previous experiences, your previous failings and whatnot to grow and to improve each time. Refine yourself, sculpt yourself, and make sure that the next time you are better for it and make sure that you are always improving uh, this process because this is a process that maybe people don't show too much value to, although it's something that here at Sculpted, we, we really want to show a lot of value to is falling forwards which is the whole topic of uh, today's episode and why we wanted Gabe on because it does come through repetition we want it to be as seamless and as effortless as possible but trust me there's a lot of effort that goes into it it may seem effortless for some it may seem uh not so effortless for some but it really comes through repetition and creating uh that that I wouldn't say uh that yeah muscle memory I'd say yeah muscle memory is probably where you want it to go, you want it to become second nature for yourself, and that only does come through action, like Val said, and the repetition, which is what we're trying to get through the even just the last uh, exercise that Gabe just mentioned. Then, so there are many ways that we can really develop that attitude to fall forwards, and realizing that this is the best way because you want to be better off for your setbacks rather than not be, because if you are better off for the perceived shortcomings you're going to be much more successful than the people who are worse off, obviously. So, yeah, it's it's a very important part of sculpting yourself and having that that grip to really stay with it, having the processes in place to stay with it, because a lot of people say, 
okay, maybe I'm not born with the grit like others are, but I wouldn't say that people are necessarily born with an excess amount of grit compared to others. I'd say it's of all very uh, a similar level of grit. It's just that some people have processes in place to deal with it and some others don't. Um, but with that all uh, kind of coming to an end here, I think that the way that we uh, want to wrap this up is going through the three ways that Gabe sculpts himself on a daily basis. Obviously, obviously Gabe is quite young himself, uh, so he's got uh, a lot of ways I'd imagine that even in his footballing career, he would have been able to sculpt himself. And then obviously also with his working anecdotes that he has, he is obviously able to help with his clients and the people who consume his content on Instagram. There's a lot of them. So obviously he's going to have a lot of uh, points where he can he can mention uh, different ways that he can sculpt himself and others around him. Yeah, 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 of course. Uh, there are many things that like I could tell people to do that really come up, comes to what they're trying to improve. For myself, the things that help me the most that I have to do them every single day and I feel a massive difference when doing and not doing them as the first one is mindfulness. I've just, I have never been like as consistent to it to the point of doing several days a week for months, but always in between like four to six times a week. But I feel like I am more in a point where whenever I feel like I need it, I do it and it helps a lot, it helps a ton, especially when you have to do with a lot of thoughts that are coming, not necessarily negative, but a lot of thoughts at the same time when you have to recenter yourself to focus on a specific thing. Mindfulness helps me tremendously. The second thing is not always seen as a very important thing in terms of the psychological side, but a sleep routine is fundamental. It really influences every single part of your development. You learn more things, you have a better emotional control, your stress level decreases, your hormones are working better. So that's essential for me. And lastly, it's a more, a bit more complex, but it's journaling. But the way I do it is perceiving the changes that I'm trying to create. So very similar to the process that I was mentioning in terms of collecting evidences for thinking more positively and thinking more negatively, reaching a conclusion. What I do is I try to analyze so at points of my life, I focus on specific matters. So for example, when I was trying to decrease my stress level, I would collect evidence to think that how I perform better and how my thoughts related to stress influence that. So whenever I realize, okay, if I take short breaks, it helps me at the end. Even if I'm working last time, I am more productive. Okay, that's the evidence for me to have that action. When I use mindfulness, I have, I produce better, I feel better mentally. Okay, so that's, and perhaps should keep doing that action. So these are process that I always do regardless of what I'm trying to improve. These process will help with literally any new habit or new thought patterns because I'm constantly collecting evidence for thinking that way, for behaving that way. So this is something that helps me tremendously in this process of trying to shape or sculpt the way you perceive things to be. And that's very, very, very effective because as I mentioned before, the three factors that influence our thoughts are, are how rewarding they are, how urgent they are, and how many times we repeat that. So in this process, I am repeating them because I'm giving extra repetitions, extra time 
thinking about those things, I make them more rewarding because I perceive the benefits that they give me and I decrease the urgency of thinking otherwise. For example, I have to work, I have to work more and more hours. I decrease that urgency because I perceive that sometimes working less, I can produce more or by working less, I feel much better mentally, which improves creativity and gives me a better outcome. So this process helps in all of these factors that are directly influencing the way I think and usually how everybody thinks. So if you apply these things, it's a very good way to start shaping the way you perceive things to be. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 brilliant um, to hear. You know, obviously your personal ways that you are uh, aim to sculpt yourself on a daily basis. Obviously, we love talking about that. Uh, getting out different guests to talk about ways that they sculpt themselves. It's brilliant. Um, but that being said, you know, guys, it's been it's been excellent to speak with you, Gabe. Today, there's been a lot of uh, very applicable things that our listeners can start taking action on. And really learning uh, about, you know, the power of uh, taking action, getting those reps in. Obviously, there are many stories that you mentioned, uh, like with the one with Michael Phelps, that we can take real evidence that there is, uh, you know, there is power in it and proven result in what we're saying. And yeah, it, it's it's very, very good for our listeners to just hear and to start taking action. And we'll make it as easy as possible for them to do so. Um, but yeah, that, that being said, guys, uh, again, Gabe, I really appreciate your time today. And, um, Val, if there's anything, uh, you want to say before we wrap up, it's your turn. No, I'm just thankful that Gabe was on here today. And I think the listeners can take some stuff, some golden nuggets, some practical advice and immediately imp uh, implement it in their daily lives. And I just wanted to say thank you. Of course, guys, it was a pleasure being here. Thank you for having me. It was a great experience. Hopefully, these steps and research will be able to help your listeners. I really hope that it helps. And thank you again. Thanks so much, Gabe. Really appreciate your time today.